In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy, and we're your partners in wine, crime, time, and binges, and Netflix shows, and beyond, and everything. Yes, and beyond. And today, I think today, is when the Bama Rush documentary uh, comes out. So that will be on our radar for sure. Unless you guys don't want us to do that, so let us know if you're like, fucking no <laughs> yeah keep us posted because it does i remember it taking over and it is kind of like we could make it work for a true crime space but if you guys are like i literally could not care at all me and sarah will just watch it yes. and text each other and not i yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll turn our podcast into just a text chain which is yeah, what it, many podcasts should be including maybe this one who knows <laughs> Well, this one we go because I mean, while we haven't covered that one on because that's on Max now, because right, it's not it's officially it changes today. Yes, Uh it changes from HBO Max to just Max to Max. Uh, Well, speaking of Max, this one is a Big Mac, a Big Mac. Yes, And also, Sarah, were you able to watch it on your TV Netflix? I didn't try, actually, because that's the funny because I swear. (laughs) So, guys, if after you listen to this. You're like, I want to watch it for yourself. I, I, because I could only find it when I Googled it and then it would open on my app Netflix. So I'm like, is this like a workaround to German Netflix or not? Huh. I'm not sure, but it's a story. Wait, that's so weird. I know. Um, also, because I mean, I just watched it on my computer. Oh, okay. Maybe also like my TV is a mess. So maybe it was just that. <laughs> but you know what I think is so funny about, um, I watched it dubbed because I was like, I don't have the patience to like read an entire movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so funny when you watch something dubbed because the real person will be like talking like this and like whatever. And then the guy dubbing the voice will have like the highest voice and they don't even try to make them oh. sound similar. But I maybe that's because like it would be too many conflicting voices at the same time. Oh, that could be it. But I, it is so funny when you see the person like very angrily explaining something. The person's like, yeah, so I don't know. I was like walking down the street and then like my entire family betrayed me and it was just not a vibe. And I'm just yeah. kind of like, and also soon they're going to have to like dub for Gen Z. So it's just truly going to be like uh, all like the, because I do love the TikToks and Reels that she does for Betches Ruby. It's yes, just going to be. She's going to have to dub all of them because people are going to be like, they fax something? What? So <laughs> who, oh who knows what, what this entails. But That's so funny. Yeah. So this is like, I also, I got to respect the Germans because like there is no, like they just get right into the shit. They don't, there's no like lofty introduction. They're just like, yeah. So there was this bank robbery and we're like, what? Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> yes. I do really respect that. They were like, we're not here to waste your time. No. An hour and a half. No, no fluff from people you might not. We're just giving you what you need. Exactly. And what we need is the story of Donald Stellwag and the documentary is called Big Mac Gangsters and Gold, which is a great name. I mean, when we saw that name, we're like, we need to talk. about This is this is screaming us. Yes. 
So this is this is kind of weird because we're like Donald was born in 1957, and I'm like that's the year my dad was born. So it's not like wow. it's like a normal. It's a very regular year to be born. Yeah, right. Just kind of it was especially for us because we're usually like so they were born in 1824. Yeah, for this podcast. So now we're in 1957, but that is what, just like a classic guy. Yes. Soon they're going to be like, well, this uh, serial killer or scammer was born in 1991. I'm going to be like, hey. Yeah, oh my God. We're just like, more. Yeah. They're like, we're like, oh, wait, we went to school with them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the son of a U.S. soldier who was stationed temporarily in Germany. And his mom was German and his parents were not married. Um, apparently, though, if a woman in Germany got involved with an American, it was like a bad look. Just because everyone's like, we don't like, like, these people are like, kind of here for, we don't want them here type of thing. Yeah. Mm, relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donald was raised by his grandparents. I'm not going to pronounce that city. Fuchstadt? Fuchstadt. I don't know. Yeah, Fuchstadt. Kind of sure. It. It's like Hebrew. You just add like a and you're like, I hope I'm right. <laughs> so he was raised there by his grandparents after his mother died and his dad just like, Went back to America, but then later died. That was like the randomest or like unfortunate twist of the doc. It's like, yeah, so then his dad moved to America and also died. So I was like, oh, no, okay. So, and died. Uh, So he lived in this small farming village where everyone knew everyone. (laughs) And he said he had no friends, but people like deny this. So, I mean, buckle in for a guy with delusions of grandeur who likes to write his own stories and an, like an embellishment he's his entire yeah. life was how people tell a story at happy hour that's kind of like the his approach I love to that. like his life story it was like you don't understand i was like like the car was chasing me tom holland in the backseat when it's like oh you were just like on a bus in london and he's like the original youtube uh, YouTuber when it's like, I almost oh. died. And then it's like, I stubbed my toe, you guys. Yeah. Speaking my truth. like Speaking my truth. <laughs> my near-death experience, yes. Um, okay, so people also knew him as Harold there, which I don't understand that. I don't either, because I'm like, ha- I don't I don't really know a lot of Harold, so I don't really know what that would be, if that could be a nickname of anything, like Donald, Harold. Yes, I don't understand the Harold or the Donald to Harold pipeline, but also a lot of nicknames. I'm like, you got Richard and you got Dick from there. <laughs> hey, James you, to Jimmy. Like, but you what? Know, if That's you more got syllables. Dick from Richard, tell us that story. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a review of that experience and our podcast. Five, hopefully five stars for us. And I hope five stars for the other thing, too. <laughs> so after a while, he moved to Frankfurt where he wanted to make a name for himself in scaffolding. What? Which, but that is the thing where that <laughs> the is like twist. the twist of life and also the smartest move because I don't know how to, no, no one knows. If you know how to scaffold, you know how to scaffold and people need that. So I'm like, you yeah. find you find a niche and you and you claim it. Original TikTok creator. He's like, I'm going to be a scaffolding influencer. <laughs> <laughs> so he set up his own business in 1979, but that business didn't go great, unfortunately. So he did not become a scaffolding influencer. <laughs> And his health wasn't in the best of shape. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 25. Now, do we know this or did he just tell people this? He told people this and has like had um, health signs that could have led to it. But there were no Mm. medical records revealed in the doc. 
Interesting. Okay. Because it's kind of like, you know how a headache could be, it could be a brain tumor. It could be, I need to drink some water. It could just be, I made it up. (laughs) I had like, my neck was so stiff last night before I went to bed and I stupidly Googled it and I was like, okay, I hope I wake up for this. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the business went bankrupt and Donald turned to hard drugs to self-medicate. Relatable. But then from there, he turned to a kind of shadier business, drug dealing and extortion, you know, the age old family biz. Scaffolding of the mind. (laughs) Yeah. So he would set up illegal casinos where gamblers would take out loans for bad rates. I feel like you have to be very well connected to very scary people to be in this line of work. Oh, yeah. You have to... you, You. yeah, you have you have to be in a crew. You have to be in a group. Yes, you have to. Yes. Uh, also, that's it. like he went to like, and I don't know how it's hard because he moved to Frankfurt. He's like, hi, scaffolders. I don't know where he was able to mix and mingle with these. I, I don't. There wasn't LinkedIn back then, so who knows how he? Yeah, what's the LinkedIn for the mafia? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is seriously like feeling like the mafia. Someone in New Jersey invented that. Yes, uh, Donald said I knew where to buy everything, like LSD and weapons. I like how also like everything because those yeah. are also two extremes where you're like, well, I guess everything in between is for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the bed, bath and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in May of 1980, he was sentenced to two years in jail for theft and driving without a license. Like, <laughs> Come on. Out of all. Yeah. But also it's funny too. He was doing all this stuff and they're like, sir, sir, with the LSD and the weapons and the scaffolding in your trunk, where's your license? Exactly. So then his other crime came after the fall of the Berlin Wall in November 1989. He was in the Eastern State, and then he, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what this means. Oh, he headed up a pusher column, which is, that's where the freeze frame, because that was like, they talked about this in the thing. And okay, so, so you don't know what a pusher column is. You might know it also as a trucker colon. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah, that thing. (laughs) Sorry, this grad degree. Well, actually, this correlates. I should teach at Columbia University School of Journalism. (laughs) I'll teach a half, a 10-minute course on what I attained because I had to Google. This is actually because I had to Google what this was because the documentary kind of like they talked about it, but I was like, I'm confused. And all the articles about this was in German. So a lot of it, I just was like Google translating Google to help translate. out. Um, and you're like, I still don't know what it means because the translations don't make sense. Not at all. Uh, but a Drucker magazines were like forceful magazine salesmen <laughs> who would like kind of just like knock on a door and be like, hey, buy this magazine. So they or like the people- Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, but you get cookie. Oh, no, those are Girl Scouts. Uh, <laughs> Um, if there's a, like the cookies, I I would I, I I would sign up for a yearly subscription of those magazines. Not so much. Um, so, so basically, they would like force you to buy magazine subscription. That's the worst. Yeah. So they oh would, they would kind of be like, oh, like it's for the children. Like, oh come on, like just it's just so sad. Like we need these signatures and like this money and all this stuff. Just get like this year long subscription. You get all these magazines. Like, do you really need that extra that five dollars a month or whatever? And, like, they pled the sob story and everything like that to collect all the signatures. My God. It's like those people that stop you on the street, like, excuse me, do you like puppies? I'm like, not right now, no. I know. I'm <laughs> like, who wants to know? Or then, like, it's 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 so much. And you just see them. They're always outside, like, a coffee shop. And I'm like, no. Yes. And one time, and because I do have a monthly donation to the organization that they was outside. And I was like, oh, I, I donate. They're like, prove it. I'm like, 
How do I prove it? it? I prove it. That's so rude. But because I'm a stubborn Taurus, I did pull up my Gmail receipt, and they were like, "But then you. they'd be like, we'll donate more.' Like it never I know. ends." And uh, wait, it's so funny you said that because I've listened to "Never Really Over" by Katy Perry five times this morning. <laughs> Something about summer and that song it brings me to tears. That's so good. Oh my god! Don't That's love so her true. politics because she's just a rich liberal, no. fake liberal no. in LA. But pff, never really over. But you know, it also was never really over the scamming of the pusher columns. And it's kind of crazy, too, because obviously these magazine companies and these publishing companies couldn't be like, oh, what's your job? Oh, I'm the person who, like, coerces people into buying subscriptions. So he was, like, quote, unquote, a janitor. What? Why would you? Why wouldn't you just be, like, sales? sales. Publishing sales. Like, I feel because it kind of gives people, like, they probably were, like, getting a rush from it and also be like, um, oh my God, like, yeah, this is so undercover. And I'm sure also they would maybe be able to pay him less on paper then. Yeah, I guess I'm just confused because like, yeah, why would you want, uh, whatever, you know what? Again, also, this is coming from the mouth of the narcissist guy who wrote us a story. Who knows? But he said, and actually they said that he was a janitor at the time, but he was unofficially head of the Drucker. Maybe he just didn't want anyone to know. So he's like, I'm going to choose a really random side job. So you're never going to connect it to me. Oh, True. And he'd be like, I'll be a, the scaffolder for the magazine. And they're like, we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally remote. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I could do it outside your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but his health issues continue to uh, come at him right now. So he had uh, tumors and gained a lot of body weight. And that factors into this whole story. We're not just bringing up his weight because just wait. Just yes, to, wait. That should have been the title of this documentary. <laughs> True. It is sort of confusing. Like, you're probably like right now, like, um, is this a documentary about this magazines or anything like that? We're like, no, not quite. It's actually about scaffolding. <laughs> it's, yeah, scaffold. Guys, if you, we just need a minute of your time to talk about scaffolding. <laughs> The documentary kicked off focusing on December 19th, 1991. A man walked into a bank. Not a bar. Good joke. A bank. A good joke. Good. That's, the, that's the premise. What's the punchline? The bank was in Nuremberg. That's the setup. So get picture picture Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a tree. Uh, a tree, but like on a street. Uh, for anyone, I guess I'm just picturing Brooklyn. Uh, for anyone who, like, you know, if you're looking at a map of Germany, though, you can zoom in on Nuremberg. And this happened in the afternoon, approximately half past three. This man entered the bank. And this is also, like, kind of, like, I I beg, I know this would never be how I could enter anything or ever be described as. But, like, he, they said he entered the bank calmly but coldly. Like, what a presence. That is a serve. Like, you're just like, oh, him? Oh, he walked in calmly but coldly. I walk in and, like, my tote bag knocks over, like, the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And I'm, like, picking it up apologizing. Like, so I could not rob a bank or have any dignity. So true. With my ludicrously capacious bag. Yeah. Ludicrously capacious. Exactly. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Um, and he walked in, but, like, coldly, calmly threatened customers and co-workers and, like, the workers there. He pointed his gun to the nearest teller and obviously was like, put the money in the bag. 
and classic line. The the teller was like, "Um, here you go. And handed it to him. And the robber immediately peaced out. The and like all in all, he stole 54 Dutch marks from the bank and a bunch of other currencies. So like he was just like giving Damn. So now he has to go to the airport and like convert it. Right? Oh sorry, 54,000 Dutch marks. Yeah. Which I don't think Dutch marks don't exist anymore. And I know that because I, I think they don't. Because Tina Turner sings Dutch Marks Are Dollars in the song Private Dancer. And I was like, what is that? When I heard that song when I was younger. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> she lives in Zurich now. See, this is why I can't enter calmly and coldly. I would just bring up Tina Turner. Uh, <laughs> he left in a taxi, which was his getaway car and arrival car. He just kind of was like, that's also like the levels. I also want a side documentary about the taxi driver because he yes. was just like to the taxi driver, oh, I just need to pick up some money at the bank. Like, do you mind waiting? And she was like, yeah. Yeah, just pick up some money with my gun. (laughs) Yeah. And then was like, got in. Obviously, when he left, the teller called the police immediately. The taxi driver like waited in the parking lot. Then he got in the car and was like, drive. And she's like, yeah, I'm a, before she knew what was happening, she's like, yeah, I'm a taxi driver. I'm growing to drive. Mm. (laughs) I would love it for her. She's like, yeah, I'm on my way. And she was about to turn right to a destination. And he said, I said, left, go left or I'll shoot you. Which changes some vibes. And so she drove down a one-way street the wrong way. Sheesh. And then he got out and was gone. Damn, that's a one-star rating right there. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So police were obviously on the case to find out who robbed this bank. The only issue was that they didn't really know much about the guy. Uh, They had a lot of security cameras in the banks, but they just knew that he was wearing sunglasses, wearing black, um which is anyone in New York City. <laughs> Truly, that's like, that was me and Sarah this morning, I feel. Or like, and probably everybody listening to this. <laughs> They're like, yeah. did I do this? But then the teller was like, hmm, the guy did seem uh, obese. And so then the cops like spring into action because they're like, who, f- <laughs> I guess in Germany, there's there's one fat guy. Like, you know yeah. They're like, they're like, obese, fat or obese? We have one. Okay. It's, it's like clue. Yeah. Is he obese? Yeah. So they were like, oh, we know the one guy. Uh, they're like, Donald. <laughs> they said he looked like he could be the guy, but Donald kept denying it. And he said he was very far away from Nuremberg that day and even had an alibi. Uh, he said he was at a friend's house in Saxony. And he was also like, yeah, I have tumors. I can't like run around and rob banks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's not really in my forte. Yeah. But none of this even like mattered because the investigation just kind of went in a certain direction and they locked on him and they were just determined to kind of prove that he did it. And all the bank teller and the witnesses were like, this is him. And yeah, I mean, they really had nothing on him besides him being overweight. And just to kind of point out how shoddy this investigation was. He they put him in a lineup, but oh he wasn't God. even with like other people who were overweight. Like, what is Germany's regime where they're like, we couldn't find anybody else that fits the bill, even for the lineup? Yeah. Like they just put him in a room by himself. So the witnesses could be like, oh yeah, that's him. Like, what? It's so and just like and like just to further double down on it. That is so shoddy. Uh, and then the, even the taxi driver identified him, which kind of made it really hard to, for him to prove otherwise since she drove 
up close with the bank robber, but I'm also like, well, you're in the front seat. You're looking at the road. You're looking through that tiny rear view mirror. Right. You're driving. It's the not wrong like you were next to him in an Uber pool, you know? And like sunglasses. Yeah. What's even wilder is uh, all the police are like, yeah, this seems legit, but his fingerprints didn't match oh. the ones from the bank. The one time, because now, because there were so many, I feel like, crimes we've covered where they just like don't have fingerprint DNA. We're like, well, we'll never know. Yeah. Now this is a case with fingerprint DNA. And they're like, doesn't match. We're like, hmm, throw it but, out. But, yeah. Like, wh- wild. Um, And the footage from the crime scene showed the robber not wearing gloves. So, like, there would be fingerprints. And there were fingerprints on the taxi. And Donald also had his hotel manager in Saxony show his receipt and confirmation ticket to prove he was there. And the police were like, nah. <laughs> it's like, they were just like, we don't want to hear it. We're only about positivity. Our options, yes. But one thing was a lot of the witnesses he had uh, for his alibi were also people who were like advertisers for his mm. magazine. So the court, I guess, was kind of suspicious of his alibi. But still. Still. And then it is insane what happens next. Also, guys, buckle in. There's like nine twists to this story. It's too much. It's too much. So they were kind of like, hmm, what could we possibly do to really seal the deal? We don't have fingerprint evidence because that is objectively against us. Let's go the anthropological route. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, because investigators are like, hmm, not really going in our favor. And when they said this, I was like, does this mean something else in Germany? No, it's literally just like, we're going to make some guesses about skulls. Like, how are you putting that in a courtroom? Court. So they had this expert called in to minutely study pictures of the robber and also Donald to determine if they were the same man. It's like, truly, it's just kind of, you're like. How do you get a master's degree in looking with your eyes? Like, what? (laughs) And seeing what you say. I mean, God bless. Um, Okay, but like. You, like this was able to, they, they were like this is going to give the court a conclusive decision so all so all in all like again he spent two years in prison during the investigation and then when it came up the anthropological route for it was guys look at the ear this part was so crazy which is also I, they were like a whole thing where they were like no ear Yes. No two ears look the same. They were literally like, ears are as unique as fingerprints. I'm like, I don't know if I buy that at all. And that was my favorite because I'm like, fingerprints, the thing you're throwing out as evidence because it doesn't match. That's so true. But you're going to go with the ear. The ears. And the like, it truly was like, blame it on the ear. Like, that was the one thing they had going for them. (laughs) I'm calling T-Pain. Yeah. As my witness. Um, And so then also this became known as the ear report in the press. And like, so all of the setup and they really kind of went full in on this being like, well, there were no other people in the lineup that matched the build and the ears. But there were no other people in the lineup. Exactly. And I'm sure they all would have similar ears. I've never like ears look. so uh, Yeah. Um, And also as a side note, like the German setup for uh, court, it was like five judges there and three full time professionals with like two on jury duty and i was like oh this is interesting that's confusing it was very confused all in all he was sentenced to nine years in prison for this bank robbery oh my god over his ears ears 
now I they add that there was a second charge for embezzlement during this, which he did in the past, but uh we couldn't find I wasn't able to like find like the documents or anything about it. So like call out Netflix because they didn't dig into that side charge as much. Um, but now, no, this was not just a story of years gone wrong. <laughs> because during this time while in while locked up, he was apparently kept in complete isolation because he refused to admit guilt for the crimes. Put a pin in that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. yikes. Yeah, put a pin in that because we get into just what that is later on. Uh, but since he didn't confess, there were no questions of integrating him back into society, and therefore he was kept in solitary confinement. He says this, but people in prison... Seems very wrong. Like, <laughs> And it was. Well, at least like people in prison were like, no, he was in the sick ward for health reasons because like he couldn't move and walk and also like low key like ran the sick ward hell yeah like he would be like i need some cigarettes i need some food i need i need the tv remote i need, I boom, need boom, the boom, ramen boom. yes oh all the things so he wasn't in solitude and it is also funny because one of his friends that he met in there pivots to a post-prison plan that we'll get into about him so he was released finally on February 14th, 2001. Happy Valentine's Day. And Sarah, what happens next? Well, while Donald was in jail, an inconvenient thing happened, which was a number of other banks got robbed in the same way, like a guy rolling up in a taxi, this mm-hmm. overweight guy, calm and cold, you know, that's his MO. His move. So Donald uh, called his lawyer about the robbery so they decided to look for new evidence. Uh, you know, the fingerprints. Who would have thought? The fingerprints. They ended up finding a man of similar build. And he, the real robber, please stand up. He <laughs> did after he was caught bragging about his crimes. <laughs> Idiot. Nah, ugh, never do that, people. I know it's hard. Not so calm and coldly if you're bragging. Yeah. Danny, what's your mantra about this? Oh, oh. Um. Well, I always say... Don't be trouble, you won't be none. True. But you also say, if oh. you steal, you got to seal your oh, lips. Oh, yes, I forgot I did that, yes. <laughs> I think it's it's rule number zero. <laughs> rule number zero. If you steal, you got to seal. Yes. Like, don't, don't do it for bragging rights. So stupid. So this man, and now I'm like, why did Netflix give him anonymity? I know. Weird. We're just going to call him Frank. He confessed to it all. And he also apologized to Donald while on trial. So the actual robber got 11 and a half years in prison. He truly, it was like Mean Girls where it's like, I don't hate you because you're fat. You're fat because I hate you. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) So uh, Donald obviously was pissed and he became a regular on talk show circuit as a man who was wronged by the state and then officially became acquitted of the crime. And Mm -hmm. he spent nine years in prison. And he was initially compensated 60,000 Dutch marks, um, which was probably not enough. I mean, I don't know the conversion rate, but nine years in prison, I'm like, I should be getting like a million per year. Please. And then some. And then add tax. Yeah. And then add some ramen. (laughs) Well... Apparently because, wow, this is just fucking petty. Apparently the state deducted food and lodging. Isn't so that insane? It only came out to about 20 Dutch marks a day. How are you deducting lodging from prison? 
That's not like a five-star hotel. Maybe no. it is in Germany. I don't know. but uh, Maybe the sick ward. I mean, who knows? But yeah. That is like – that is kind of evil. It, so, it's, tr- it's Airbnb. Yeah. No, you got to pay for the wrongful forced lodging and food we gave you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Wow. I'm surprised this didn't happen in America. This seems like a very American thing to oh, do. Oh, I mean, I would, I'm sure it does. So the full total after, you know, his five-star stay was deducted was uh, about 24,000 Dutch marks. And again, that is too low. So low. So he went to temporary housing after this and read a lot about management and business and then went on to sue the expert, the ear guy. We're calling Mm -hmm. him the ear guy. Ear guy. He went on to sue the ear guy in a civil case, and he felt that this guy could have been the reason a lot of other people may be wrongfully convicted. And it was a big deal because before this, no judge or expert had ever been convicted in a civil trial. Um, But he was. And I know, too, the other anthropologist in the documentary was like, this guy is now an embarrassment to us. And like, really has made it so much harder for using anything like this in cases. Well, you shouldn't. Oh, my God. Yes, right? Years. Okay. So he had to pay 150K in personal compensation, which honestly seems fair. Yeah, double it. And it was the first case in Germany where an expert witness was held civilly liable. And but then of course Donald like went on these press tours and kinda kinda got a little loose lipped about things. He mentioned it all. He mentioned it all. One time he even sold his story for like ten thousand Dutch marks. And he said we wouldn't believe how much money he made via the media. He said between 500 and 1,000 marks for each appearance. Um, and then he like low-key became an influencer. <laughs> like He partnered with a brewery. Uh, he'd wear brands shirts on his show when he would do interviews. Like truly, he kind of was like Ariana Poscandoval. Like, yes. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get my checks. Absolutely. <laughs> and then one time a TV show caught on and they tried to like, make him put on a new shirt so that he couldn't do the product placement. And then he was like, oh, okay. So he puts on a hat. Yeah. They were like, we're going to sew you a new shirt backstage. Well, I'm like, that's so rude, eh? That's and then a- that was my favorite. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll just, I, I'll tip my hat to you, brewery. So rude. And then he started investing and working with different businesses. And things were like on the up and up. Sounds like a happy story until 2009. And nine, which like really took me in a like a time warp of just like where I was like, oh god, what was what was two thousand and nine? And then Ugh, I was like, I don't want to know. I looked up like the two thousand nine hits. It was truly like I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas, Poker Face, was, Lady Gaga, yes, and Beyonce Halo. Sounds about right. And I'm like, and Circus by Britney Spears. Will we ever be so young again? <laughs> Gosh, uh, it all went downhill from there. It really, really. You know, it came out kind of, uh, yeah, it really was such a... Should we get the Black Eyed Peas back together? Would that fix things? Honestly, it's worth a shot. I think, yeah, I'm into that. So another decade... I mean, where is the love, you know? Like the way They were asking some good questions. I remember being a child being like, oh, this is going to fix things. (laughs) I'm like, guys, wait. (laughs) Fergie's on it. Yes. We'll be good. It's like a musical version of Kendall Jenner handing that yes! cop a Pepsi. Wait, oh my God, I need someone to put that song over that. Yeah. 
Side note, Don't Funk With My Heart was one of my favorite songs of all time. That song was very good. I'm putting that on cue to listen to the second we finish telling you guys about this other robbery. (laughs) So on December 15th, 2009, there was a truck transporting gold that was approached by a police car on the Autobahn 81 right before 10 a.m. They stop under a highway bridge. Very country song. And the truck was kind of like, hi. Uh, that's kind of like the energy of like this whole altercation. Like, hi, how are you? Uh, like the like, wave emoji. Yeah. What? Hi, what's up? Um, and the, like they pull over and the cop's like, um, yeah, you guys are being arrested for tax evasion. What? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, was my blinker not on? Was I going too fast? No tax evasion. And it was then in this moment that the truck drivers realized, oh, the license plate isn't a cop plate. Uh-oh. It was a BMW with blue lights and a neon sign that said, please follow. <laughs> they follow didn't pay me. for like the premium package. So yeah. it's like, please follow neonsigns.com. Right. Yeah. <laughs> please follow me in the middle of the night, neonsign.com. Uh, <laughs> when they got out, and also when they got out of the car to be questioned by the Policia, they noticed a barcode on it yep. that just shows it was a rental car. Yep. Hertz is pulling him over. So after being called for tax evasion arrest, they just got in this not cop cop car and drove off, which I mean, I guess like you're like, I'm not going to, if these people are pretending to be police pulling me over, I'm not going to say, hey, I see that barcode. I guess you're like, okay, I'm terrified of you. I wouldn't get in the car. But they, I don't know. It's hard. Um, I would just start singing follow me and hope they would just not want to kidnap me (laughs) I'm like I have a 2009 hits medley yes ready for your leisure Um, so while this was going on other people dressed as officers just looted the truck of the gold it's a good plan good plan and the truck drivers that I see can I tell you perfection and the truck drivers were left in the middle of the woods oof are we out of the woods yet and now uh, with no, over, they're not. They're not. And over a million and a half of euro worth of gold is gone. Oof. And they kept saying they were acting like tax investigators. Which I was like, is this what tax investigators do? I really pictured them to just like wear like suits. How does one act like a tax investigator? Like you're just very boring. <laughs> Shade. I feel like you know if there's any chic tax investigators out there, like tax season confuses me. So hit me up. <laughs> I paid my taxes. So police were alerted and they immediately linked it to Zaytar, this rapper, uh, who apparently was already making a name for himself with the law and needed the money, which I mean, a million and a half euros. Who doesn't need that money? I need it. Don't funk with my euros. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Zaytar also apparently means danger. Oh, that's a cool rapper name. Good rap name. I'm going to pigeon. Hi. Uh, yeah. Not in my apartment, but. Uh, I like that it's just danger. It's not like young danger. Oh, that's true. Little danger. Just danger. L- little danger. Baby danger. Yeah. Stranger danger. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So they did like, he also like his main stream of revenue was like outlandish internet videos, which like he would be thriving now. Yeah. Same. I know. He's just uh, a few years too early for TikTok. Both of these people were. Yeah. Um, so they did have a plan in place because after the robbery, they all fled the country, but that was sort of their only plan because once they were found and brought back to Germany, they were like, 
Hi again. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's like what we just talked about the other week where I'm like, if you're going to flee, you need to go somewhere that doesn't extradite to yes. your country. Yes. No, exactly. Uh, apparently, he also treated this sort of like a spectacle. Like there was even like this TV lawyer who was involved. Better Call Saul was there. That's that true. <laughs> Um, and like also just as a side note, like not to like like to emphasize how much of a TV lawyer this guy was, he had like a front mohawk. So he just like walked yeah. in with an energy. Yes. Yeah. That so, definitely says your honor. <laughs> I object. <laughs> I object to this. I object to Combs and your line of questioning. Exactly. The question that police needed to know: how did Zatar and his gang know about the truck's route? So this, Sarah, is how we get back to our man of the hour. The Don yes, du jour. The Don. Teflon Don. It all, <laughs> it all circles back to him uh, because Zaytar said that the tip came from Donald. And I mean, now this is like, <laughs> this is really just a bad joke. There's a TV lawyer working with a rapper who says Donald is the guy behind the crime. And I also kind of feel like now, if you're going to accuse our man of something, I don't know why he's our man. He's not. But if you're going to accuse this man of a crime, like, I would think that you would have to come very correct this time. Right? I, uh, co-signing that. The lawyer with the Mohawk should have, should have said that. Yes. But apparently, after his interview era, Donald started investing in gold mines and even bought one in Ghana, which I'm like, what? Yeah, that's what I don't like. This is... That's how much money he was making from these beer ads on his hats. That's a fucking lot. He has gold mine money. Uh, he bought it with a business partner, Frank Vogel. And then he also opened up a diamond shop called Gold Oasis for watching and antiquities. Hmm. I mean, and he was living the life. So, you know, I'm into it. Yeah. And his business partner really, like, they supported one another. Yes. So Zaytar and authorities claimed that Zaytar met Donald at his shop. And then Donald found out about this scrap gold dealer in Nuremberg and befriended someone who was a transporter for this dealer. And this is how he said, they said that he knew when the, the deliveries would happen and where the route would be. Mm. So uh, during the trial, a lot of phone logs showed that Zaytar and the crew would talk to Donald a lot. The two also met a week before the robbery, and they looked at the scrap dealer's website, which I'm like, I don't know scrap dealers. I had a website. That and seems also, like a word of mouth type of biz, but whatever. That's true. He's like, no, trust me. I can. It's like scaffolding.com slash scrap dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank says Donald knows a lot of people, and it's not shocking he knows someone who got robbed by someone, because you're like, if you know, if, if there's 100 people in the room, Lady Gaga, you know, one of them got robbed, I guess. One of them got robbed, and Donald them yeah exactly uh and then donald during the documentary was like my lawyer always knew where i was and the <laughs> lawyer was like i don't know him like that's not true the lawyer's like i tried repeatedly calling and emailing him and never got an answer i didn't even have an address for him <laughs> Eek. so the trial ended with zaytar going to prison for eight years donald denied any involvement and said the rapper only did it for the clout do anything for clout Exactly. And apparently his label is also called Goldman Entertainment, and there's the movie about him, which sidebar. 
We're all, we'll have to watch that after that. Oh, we need to. And he also wrote a book while in prison. I love that. So the court kind of did think that Donald gave Zaytar the info, but number one, he was very sick. And number two, like, yeah, they were kind of like, we can't charge him again unless we're like 100% sure. Truly, they can't be like, hi, guys, we messed up again. Like another oopsie daisy. Exactly. So the medical examiner was like, Donald can't go to jail or stand trial. Like he's too sick. But I also thought that like, why would he even get involved? I thought there was some kind of, like, insurance scam, right? For Donald? Yeah. Because, like, why would he just... Why would you just help someone steal a million dollars? Like, there's got to be I, something for you. I think he was going to get a little cut of it. Okay. A, a little so, bit of that. When I cry, yes. I love to, because the medical examiner, they were like, yeah, he can't fit trial. But I remember Donald saying, like, the examiner opened up my document, saw my name, turned to me and said... <gasps> you're that Donald? And he was like, yes, I am. And he was like, this system could never repay you. You cannot go to trial. Dramatic. Dramatic. Some people also thought that Zaytar only brought Donald into this because they knew that he wouldn't be imprisoned. Other people was like, well, he's sick, so he really has nothing to lose by getting involved. Some people are like, well, maybe you get a little freebie. You got to get out, want to get out of jail free card. That would seem fair. Some people are you're like, okay, well, you did some time. I guess, like, what are we gonna what are we gonna what are we gonna get out of you for this? Yeah. And so he never, you know, nothing nothing happened with that. And he still lives in the German countryside and is cared after by Frank. Frank, his business attorney. And like in the in the documentary, they just have a bunch of sandwiches together. And kind of see I know. I'm kind also I'm like, okay, like that's saying like I'm like, you guys get to like just like live in the German countryside. Like, why don't we do that? We could do that. We just have to rob a truck full of gold. That's true. (laughs) Or like like wrongfully go to prison for nine years. Take your pick. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'll stay. I'll stay. I'll stay stateside. But that was kind of, it kind of was the crazy bow on everything. Went to, like, did jail time for a crime he didn't commit and didn't do jail time for a crime. We're all pretty sure he did. So it's, just, you know, I feel like it's like you net out. I think that seems kind of fair. When a heart breaks, you know it don't break even. That's what that song said. And I th- I know it is yes. kind of like, you know, that that worked itself itself out. So shout out to, to Big Mac. Yes. I feel like as long as he kind of stays on the straight and narrow and doesn't do anything like, you know, it's like you got your one. Now don't push it. And That's we're good. true. And we're good. So we'll be watching you, Donald. Yeah. We'll be watching you. And if any of you guys watch this documentary also, let us know your extra thoughts and also just like kind of takeaways from the episode. We will need to, well, I think there's like some good docs coming out this summer too. So we'll keep an eye on those to unpack and cover with you guys as well. Yes. And if there's anything else you want us to cover, drop us a DM at not another true crime on Instagram or put it in the Facebook group. Or you could DM me personally. I'll definitely read it at Sarah Lameem. That wasn't sarcasm. I feel like if you send it to me, like it won't get lost in the DM void over there i feel you yes because likewise to at cash with cash with the k and we'll be back next week not another true crime podcast is produced by jorge morales pico and sean kilby our hosts are sarah levine and danny murphy editing by jorge morales pico social media by sarah levine be sure to follow at natc pod on instagram twitter and facebook and send us your emails to natc at betches.com Thank you. 
Betches.